We're back. I think Georgia comes out and plays mistake free, and I think they get their biggest win of the season so far. And welcome back, college football fans, to another episode of the Saturday Six Podcast. It is episode 30-something. I actually forgot. Um, but I'm back again with my brother, Tyler. I am AJ. What up, baby? It's a fresh week. Got uh, week five of college football on deck. I'm Tyler. <laughs> Another weekend starting to get in. So the first third of the season has come to a close now. So we're starting to get into the midst of it. Into Already? the midst of conference play. So it's going to start heating up really quick here. And we're going to have start seeing a lot, lot of really good top 25 on top 25 matchups. We got four of them for you, uh, arguably yep. five of them out of the six, but we'll touch on that later. Um, so let's mm-hmm. get into it. Yeah, we got lots of good games. Can't wait to go over those. Before we do that, just want to remind you guys, like we do every week, if you're not already, follow us on social media. You can do that at Saturday 6 Pod, whether that's on Instagram or Twitter, if anybody's still on Twitter. And other than that, just want to remind you to share the podcast with somebody. We always appreciate when you do that. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into our six picks for this week. You ready? Let's go. Friday night, 9 o'clock on Fox Sports 1. They got a Pac-12 matchup. Two top 25 teams, like we said. Good slate this week. This is the first one of them. Number 10, Utah, undefeated, coming off a big win against UCLA last week. You picked them to win that game, and they did. Going on the road, though, face off against the Oregon State Beavers, ranked number 19 in the country. They lost last week to Washington State, but they are 3-1, and one, and it's actually the home team, the Beavers, that are favored by four and a half in this game. I think that line kind of tells you that, again – we don't have any clue whether or not Cam Rising is going to play in this game. We've been guessing every week, and it still seems like a big question mark. Yeah, so four-and-a-half point spread is really interesting. If you haven't heard the name DJ Uyunglele since the Clemson days, and nice. I know we touched on a couple podcasts ago. I was like, I haven't even heard that guy's name this season. He is the quarterback for the Oregon State Beavers, and uh, he's doing pretty well this year. He's got just over 800 yards, seven touchdowns. So uh, they're moving the ball around there in Oregon, no doubt. Again, big question for Utah. Are we going to see Cam Rising? Are we not? We've got no news updates for you guys. I mean, like, I'm keeping my eye on this as much as possible. I've got nothing coming out of Utah uh to give me any kind of information on that um so once again you can probably expect to see kind of a two quarterback system with uh nate johnson probably getting the primary workload there for utah um and then these are two pretty capable defenses what as well i think yeah it being four and a half, I think that's kind of high. I'm still, I'm still really high on this Utah team. I think that they can uh, hold Oregon State off and you know still be undefeated once they get Cam Rising back, if they ever do at this point. Uh, give me Utah, close game, but I think Utah can cover that. 
Yeah, I'm I'm on the fence about this one. It the the line moving and just the fact that the line is on the side of the Beavers makes me a little nervous about this one. You right. Know, I've already gone against Vegas when I was questioning it a couple times this year, and it hasn't worked out for me. <laughs> uh, so that makes me nervous. You touched on a lot of it. The defenses are really good. Utah's defense, we saw it last week against UCLA. I predicted UCLA and that freshman quarterback were going to come out and actually have some success, and they didn't really. Like, first play of the game we talked about in the recap pod, it was a pick six. If you can pressure DJ, we've seen him at Clemson, and in the last couple of weeks at Oregon State, gets a little bit nervous in those situations. He started the year fast. I think he's going to need to start this game fast, especially at home to keep the crowd into the game. For me, if I'm Oregon State, I'm trying to establish a run game here. You know, Martinez has looked really good through the first four games of the season. I think you got to take some of the pressure off of DJ in this game. I think you got to convert some third downs if you want to get this done. I think you got to run to set up the play action. But I don't know. It's just tough because, like you said, that defense for for Utah, though they're not scoring many points on offense, this is not the Utah offense that we're used to seeing. They're usually pretty good throwing the ball as as well as bouncing it out with the run, and they're 120th in the country in pass yards per game this year. But they're 3-1 and against the spread, and Oregon State's 1-3. and Like They're winning games but not necessarily covering covering the spread. I wanted to take Utah, but something is telling me that Vegas is onto something here. I'm actually going to go Beavers. I think Uyunglele, the Clemson transfer, has a big day at home, and I think I think Utah just pushes their luck a little too much with this Cam Rising situation. I think they need him back to win some of these bigger games on the schedule. I talked about in the last podcast they have three really huge matchups in the next four weeks against Pac-12 competition, not counting this Oregon State game. I think they should count this Oregon State game because I think they're actually going to lose, and I think Oregon State's going to cover that four and a half. I think they win by a touchdown. Let's continue the Pac-12 vibe here. We got another top 25. Oh, oh, I spoke too early. Colorado has fallen out of the top 25, baby. They are no longer beloved by those AP voters. They may bounce back, though, because they got a big matchup this week. They're going to host a team in the Pac-12, the number eight USC Trojans, who are undefeated under Heisman quarterback Caleb Williams. Big favorite. Big favorite on the road. 21 and a half are the Trojans. It's a noon kickoff on Fox. We know that, right? Like, this big noon kickoff is covering every single Colorado game that they can this year. Rightfully so. People are watching them. So what do we think, man? Trojans, Buffs. Is this a week where Colorado is maybe a little bit pissed off? They got trounced last week against Oregon, or could it be the same scenario repeating itself when Colorado runs into a pretty good team here in the Pac-12? Yeah, I think it's kind of hard to say. Um, obviously, uh, you you see a number eight USC, and you want to look at uh, and compare them with Oregon, who Colorado played last week and got absolutely stomped by. Um, but this one is at home for Dion and company, which does help a little bit. Um, and while, yes, USC's offense is probably much more capable than Oregon's offense, I think Oregon's got the edge defensively as well. USC's defense has been 
baby doo-doo for me <laughs> this year. I mean, that's that's putting it, it lightly. It's a Lincoln Riley defense. You, we don't really need to say much more. But I think that they are capable enough. I think they do have enough on that front seven. I mean, this is going to be the story is can Colorado's offensive line give Shadur time to throw the ball? And they have not been able to do so so far. And that's why you saw such a terrible loss a week ago. I think USC's defense is just capable enough to replicate that. And then you got the reigning Heisman winner. He was probably going to be in New York again this year. Going oh my God, up again. He's looked so good. Shadur, that could very much be there as well. Yeah. So I think that there's going to be a very high scoring game, at least for one of the teams. And I think if Oregon can do it, USC can do it. I'm going to take the Trojans to cover that. Easy spread. Yeah, you touched on a lot of it for me as well. Obviously, a great quarterback matchup. Shadur Sanders, seven sacks last week. If you do that again, it's just not going to work. Now, on the other side of the ball for Colorado, while they haven't been good defensively, they have been timely. They've got 11 turnovers so far this year. So, you know, Caleb Williams is damn good. So good that he kind of kind of messes around out there a little bit. Like, he he kind of reminds you – the comparison game is always fun. He kind of reminds you of a, of a Patrick Mahomes. That's a comparison that a lot of people are, are making. So he's making, like, these no-look passes and these sidearm throws and the across-the-body throws. If they're going on the road – and he That's turns costly. The, he turns the ball over early. Yeah, you no, know, they're without Travis Hunter again, so it's going to have to be somebody else. But if this Colorado team is able to maybe light a spark early, score early touchdown, feel some momentum, I told you they might be pissed off. This USC team hasn't really played anybody. The schedule is very much backloaded. They're going to play these great Pac-12 teams in the back half of the schedule: San Jose State, Nevada, Stanford. Arizona State, like we haven't really learned anything about this USC team other than the fact that they suck on defense. You established that. I agree with that. They've got to get pressure on Shadour Sanders, that defense. But I think if I'm USC, I try to I try to lean on Marshawn Lloyd here a little bit. And then you want to talk about Jerry Rice's son on the outside and the freshman phenom Zachariah Branch. I think you lean on the pieces here a little bit. I think this is very high scoring for both teams. 73 and a half is the over under 21 and a half, just a little bit too much here. I think USC gets up early. I think they might even pull Caleb Williams in the fourth quarter. Like they have in all four of these games. And I think Colorado might leave Shador Sanders in there. Like they did last week against Oregon when they were getting trounced in the fourth quarter. They some, for some reason left him in there. I think they leave him in there because they want to get him to New York. Like you said, they want to get him in the conversation as much as they can to build as much hype around this program as they can. I think they may be backdoor cover here. I'm going to go Colorado plus the 21 and a half. I think it's just a little bit too much. I think they do score on this USC defense, but obviously USC is going to win this game. Number four for that Colorado defense. He's a, he's a corner. Bo Nix exposed number four. Heaven help the kid when He's got to go up against Caleb Williams. I mean, he could. It's scary. I mean, this guy might fall off the face of the planet if Caleb Williams just decides to go at him every play. Yeah, I mean, I I expect USC to score points. Don't get me wrong. I expect them to score lots of them. 
45-plus, right? I said that last week for Oregon. I think USC is equally capable of doing that. They are going on the road, so I think that makes a little bit of a difference. I think Colorado is able to score more than six points like they did against Oregon, so I think they do cover that. All right, time to talk about them dogs, baby. First road test for this team. A lot of people are curious how first-year quarterback and first-year offensive coordinator are going to be able to ramp up this offense against a good Auburn Tiger defense. They're 3-1 and one so far this year, last loss was last week against Texas A&M, but it was on the road. So can they bounce back at home? Can they surprise this Georgia team? This Georgia team is favored by 14 points, 3.30 kickoff on CBS this Saturday. What are we thinking, man? The dog's going to get things right and finally roll over an SEC team, or could we see this offense struggle a little bit? This Auburn defense is actually pretty decent. It's the Deep South's oldest rivalry. They got they got to come out and do something big, right? The thing is, Auburn looked absolutely terrible against Texas A&M. I will give them that. I mean, they looked like crap. But they've also looked pretty darn good for the other three games. Their defense, like you said, very solid unit, um, especially that D-line. Auburn's always had pretty good D-linemen uh, and, and linebackers there. So, And that's kind of a cause for concern. I mean, the story for UGA is just how healthy can they be for this game? Is their leading receiver other than uh, Brock Bowers and Lad McConkey going to be back? We don't know. He's still kind of out there. You know, who are they going to have at running back? If their guys are 90% healthy, I think that they play because this one matters so much. But it is a very tough – I mean – the Auburn student section is probably one of the loudest student sections in the SEC. I mean, yeah. that is a extremely tough place to play. It doesn't matter if Auburn hasn't won a game. Their yeah. fans are still in every game. Um, and you do – I mean, this is going to be Carson Beck's first time on the road. So we got to see how he handles that. On the other hand, I think Auburn's kind of in the same boat as Alabama. They thought they had a really good quarterback. They thought Peyton Thorne was uh, really good. And then he just hasn't been. But then you look at, you know, who they got in the depth chart. Guys like uh, Robbie Anderson, who have played yeah. but not played very well. Ashford, um, yeah. I was going to ask Robbie, you about yeah, him. Ashford, excuse me. I was going to ask Anderson. you about him. I think I think that might be the key. Like, maybe letting him get in there, package some plays for him, let him run the ball a little bit. He's a, he's a Cam Newton-size quarterback. He doesn't have the arm that Cam Newton has, but – same Bad. size. I, I mean, he can he can run the ball. Um, so I, yeah, I do think that there, there's something in there where you know possibly you see two quarterbacks in there. Um, got to run the ball. That that's for me. If I'm Auburn, you got to run the ball. Whether it's Robbie Ashford or it's, or it's Jarquez Hunter, the running back. I think you got to run the ball. Now that's tough against this Georgia defense, right? Especially this front seven, but. We have lost Jalen Carter, and we've seen that it's been a little bit difficult to replace at least that interior run-stopping unit. And Georgia's got to get off to a fast start offensively. I mean, we haven't seen it yet. Georgia has not been very productive in the red zone, and they haven't been able to get off to quick starts. They're very much like a second-half team this year. So I think Georgia does get off to a little bit of a slow start. It's it's a foreboding environment. It's on the road in the SEC, which that is could, always tough. That could spell there's a lot trouble. of there's a lot of emotions and a big rivalry game like this. I think that Georgia gets off to a little bit of a slow start. It's very close at halftime, 
And then Georgia kind of starts to eke away in the second half. For that reason, I'm taking Auburn to cover the spread. Obviously, I got dogs outright. Um, but I more than two touchdowns is tough for me, especially when Georgia's been this bad against the spread this year. Right. It's really tough. They're they're one and three. No, they're 0 and four against right. the spread, four and zero on the season, but 0 and four when it comes to covering these lines that Vegas puts out and expects them to win by. You touched on a lot of it. Auburn defense is really good. Auburn offense is a big question mark. Can they establish the run? I said that's the question mark for me. Losing twenty seven to ten last week against Texas A and M, they struggled against Cal in week two. I got lots of question marks. Can they force a turnover? If they can do that early. And the crowd can stay in this game. I think you're spot on. I think they can potentially cover this game. I can see it very well being a push. Like I know, I know we got to take a side, but like 31-17 sounds perfect to 14, me. 14, it's 14 and a half. You can't have a push. I got it at 14. Uh it's dropped a little bit. Okay. Yeah, it dropped okay. a little bit. So I'm picking at 14. I don't know. It's right there, like 31-17, 34-20. Yeah somewhere in there like it's right there i actually i wrote down auburn plus 14 that was my pick at least one of us got to pick the dogs right at least one of us has to i don't somebody's got to have a better both, record this week <laughs> i don't think both georgia fans can can throw up auburn graphics in the deep south's oldest rivalry i don't think we can do that i think georgia comes out and plays mistake free and i think they get their biggest win of the season so far i'm gonna take them to cover that two touchdowns i think that they can win this game by 15 i do agree it could get nasty it could be a second half nail biter like we had against south carolina but uh i can't have us both picking auburn i can't do it that'd be a huge win for the dogs that's exactly what they need right now from a confidence standpoint going forward into the season. So I like the pick. I just, I think it's a little bit tall for me, but I'm right there with you. I think, I think this is probably one of the most reasonable spreads that I've, that we've picked on. I think that one's going to be right there. It's going to yeah. be right around that 14 point mark. Yeah. I'm just flip flopping for my dogs. All right, let's head to the Big 12. We got a showdown of undefeated teams going down, two top 25 teams going at it again. 330 on ABC. You got number 24, Kansas Jayhawks, 4-0, but they're going on the road. They're headed to Austin, Texas. Number three, Texas Longhorns, undefeated. Big win over Alabama. Big 16.5-point favorites right now on DraftKings. This was an obliteration by Texas last year. 55 to 14. It was, it was nasty. Bad. It was bad. But Jalen Daniels, not to be confused with Jaden Daniels of LSU, he's looked pretty good so far through four weeks for Kansas. He looked really good last year through five weeks for them when they were undefeated before he got hurt. I think this could be a Kansas team that could put up some points. Obviously, the talent is on this Texas side, but I think this could be a sneaky good game. Yeah, I think this is such a statement year for Texas. I mean, they are back. They're the number three team in the country right now. They've got uh, an incredible offense that I don't know that we've seen out of Texas in decades. And they're at home. I mean, it's it's all the perfect making. You got a top 25 matchup coming off wins against the likes of Alabama and 
now you get another top 25 matchup to really show what you're made of and show people that this isn't a fluke and that Texas is for real. Um, I like Quinn Ewers in this spot. I like the weapons that he has all around him. I mean, they're they're everywhere. They got running backs. They got receivers. They got A.D. Mitchell. And then, you know, I think their defense is one of those, like, sneaky good ones where, like, they're not loud, but they're one of those, like, speak softly and carry a big stick type defenses. Um, but they are very good. Kansas is a good team, don't get me wrong, but at the end of the day, they're a basketball school. It is what it hey, is. Hey, basketball I mean, schools are running college football right now. You they, talk about yeah. Kansas, UNC, Duke, UNC. Duke. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, Kentucky. Yeah. Let's I mean, go. hey, unfortunately, <laughs> Vegas has given us 16 and a half, and I think 17 yeah. points is almost it's it's not enough. Last year was such an obliteration. I think this year is basically the same thing, except it's in Texas, which makes it worse. I'm looking for their I'm I'm predicting that we're gonna be looking at the scoreboard at the end of this and it's borderline gonna look like a war crime. Um <laughs> how bad Texas beats up on Kansas. I got them big. I think I think that they're on one of those like war path type of things where they're just out there to prove it. And they're going to hang as many points on every single team that they can. Yeah, I can see the same thing going down. I wrote down Texas. I think we're going to be on the same side here. But I do like this Kansas team. Like this defense is actually pretty sneaky good. Yeah, if they can get some pressure on Quinn Ewers. They've got 12 sacks so far this year through four games. So they're, they've been able to get after some quarterbacks. Run yards per game has been really big for them. Jalen Daniels, the quarterback, is able to get it done with his legs and his arm. They're 13th in the country with 217 rush yards per game. Win so far over BYU and Illinois. Can they start fast on the road? Obviously, that's the question mark for every road team, right? If you can get out to a lead, if you can maybe have this Texas team and this Texas crowd questioning what's going on here, might make it a little bit tougher on them. The overall talent is definitely on Texas' side, especially on the lines of scrimmage. The offensive line, the defensive line for Texas, they're loaded with four and five stars. I think you got to take some pressure off of yours here. Take some pressure off of the offensive line having to protect him. If Kansas can't get a pass rush because they're able to run the ball, we saw Bijan Robinson go off for 243 yards and four touchdowns last year in that 50 to 55 to 14 win. Now Bijan ain't there. He's in Atlanta. But this Jonathan Brooks kid is pretty good too. He had 106 yards and two touchdowns last week against Baylor in a 38 to 6 win. I said after beating Alabama, this Texas team could go undefeated if they didn't lose games like a Baylor, like a TCU, like they did last year. And they proved that this is not the same team. You touched on that. I'm going to take Texas, too. I think 16 and a half is not enough. I like the talent on offense for Kansas, but nah, ain't enough. Let's go hook them. All right, back to the SEC. Let's go SEC West. Two rivals going at it. Two top 25 rivals. Number 13, LSU, 3-1, and one, only lost to that Florida State team. But they're going on the road, headed to the Grove. Number 20, Ole Miss and the Rebels looking to bounce back after a loss to Alabama. They're 3-1, and and it's LSU favored by a slight 2.5. 
a field goal covers here if you're the Tigers. Six o'clock Saturday night on ESPN. LSU looked a little shaky last week against Arkansas. I've been so up and down on them. I took them to beat FSU early in the season. They didn't do that. I took them to sneak by against Mississippi State. They trounced them. I thought they would beat up on Arkansas. It was a close game. I don't know what the hell to think about LSU at this point. I've been spot on with LSU this season, so listen up, ladies and gents. (laughs) Neither one of these teams looked like themselves last week. Ole Miss, poor showing against Alabama. Obviously, I picked them to win outright. Toddy Toddy Tyler. I think that they could have played a lot better than they did. I think that their potential – they did not play their best game by any means against Alabama. You mean 10 LSU? Points? LSU, we got to talk about that Arkansas game. There's a little was it a sleeper game? What the heck was going on? I mean, it was ugly. Last it's, second field goal. It's not the LSU that I was expecting going into the game or that I expect to uh in the season here this year. Both of these offenses are what I'm looking at. We know what we got out of the defenses. I think LSU is slightly better, but who on offense can really establish uh, some productivity here? Ole Miss being at home, it helps. You got Jackson Dart. Kenshawn Judkins, he hasn't really impressed me much this year, honestly. And it's a guy that we were really looking to. Hey, he could still have that breakout, but haven't seen it yet. Um, and then LSU, I mean, like, their offense can score some freaking points when they're ready to, right? Like, I've seen everything out of them that I need to. I'm going to lock this one down. I'll call this my lock of the week. I think LSU can cover this spread pretty easily. I'm looking at more of a 10-13 point win for the Tigers. Okay, yeah, I. this was tough. I think if you're Ole Miss, I think you do score more points in this game than you did against Alabama, right? Like this LSU defense, not very good from what we've seen so far this year. The secondary, very questionable. Where's Harold Perkins? Where's Mason Smith? Where's his defensive line that was supposed to be good? I just I haven't seen it so far through four games. Big question mark for me. No pressure on quarterbacks. Perkins has been good. You called him out on a couple podcasts ago. And then he has a freaking day of it the next day. He had one um, good game against the uh, Mississippi State offense that has no idea what they're doing. I mean, just refused to throw the ball. Him and Mason Smith have been productive. That's a good defensive unit. I don't I'll like have to, it. We'll have to agree to disagree on that one. But. Arkansas made him look bad. FSU made him look bad. I mean, I don't. I, I just don't like it. I don't see it this year. The D line is a question mark for me. The secondary is a bigger question mark for me. I think Jackson Dart has a bad, a bad game and responds at home. I think he actually could go for three hundred plus. I think this is a big game for him. I think Judkins gets more involved. We've seen Lane Kiffin very quiet this week. He runs his mouth when he thinks he has no chance like last week against Alabama, very quiet this week. I think he thinks that this team has a chance. I'm looking for the defense to make enough timely stops to keep this offense in rhythm and to let them score some points. I'm actually going to go with an upset here. I think Ole Miss straight up is going to be my pick. Wow. Okay. How confident are you in that? I think I'm confident enough to make this my lock 
All right. We're going to square off on locks here. I'm going to go Ole Miss straight up and lock it up. We haven't had this yet this season. Going head-to-head on the lock of the week, folks. We got to put a little something extra on this on the side if we're going to go up against each other like this. I like it. <laughs> I like it. We should do this every week. I'm excited. <laughs> one more one more game to touch on, though. Want to go to an ACC matchup? Is that what we call this? Number 11, Notre Dame, facing off against one of their yearly ACC foes. They're 4-1, coming off a loss last week. I know you hate to hear it, against mm-hmm. Ohio State. All right, we end up pushing on that one. And they got another big top 25 matchup this week. They got to go on the road to face off against a Duke Blue Devils team, another basketball school doing pretty damn well at this college football thing. They're ranked 17th in the country after a 4 0 start. Knocked off Clemson in week one, if you remember, 28 to 7. It's the Fighting Irish, just a slim five and a half point favorite here on the road, 7 30 on ABC, where you can always find those fighting irish what do we think man i uh, I think this is going to be one of the best games of the weekend it's not a lot of attention being paid to it but i think this is a really good matchup yeah man duke is good i mean riley leonard that quarterback he's a stud i mean i didn't i didn't i didn't have his name like like starred on my notes or anything to start the season but i know you did I'll, i'll give you your credit where it's due uh, your scouting that you've done throughout the offseason had this guy up there, and Riley Leonard is a freaking stud, man. I mean, I can't wait for this like Duke UNC game between him and, and May, Drake May. They're going to be freaking lights out. That's going to be a hell of a game to watch. Yeah. Um, but I'm pissed about last week. Notre Dame should have <laughs> won that are. game. I'm high on Notre Dame, man. I don't know what it yeah. is. Like, I have obviously lost- we're Georgia fans here, but I I still like what I saw out of that Ohio State game. That was very that's a very respectable loss, in my opinion. I mean, if you're gonna lose, you lose in that fashion to that good of an Ohio State team. I can respect the hell out of that uh when it comes to Notre Dame and the only thing I can't respect is having 10 men on the field for the last two plays of the game. Yeah, I mean, that that's the head coach's fault. That's the player's fault. It's it's just terrible. But they were going to score that anyways. They were on, like, the half-yard line. You got to let Hartman cook, right? Like, they, they kind of took the ball out of his hands last week against Ohio State. Obviously, the backs are really good. Estimate, love. They got four or five of them, but yeah. shouldn't you let Sam Hartman cook a little bit? Like, this is your Heisman contender. This is your guy that you went out and got. It depends on what Duke gives you. If Duke's going to let you run the ball, run the damn ball. But if they're going to stack, you know, six, seven guys in the box, then that's the beauty of having Sam Hartman now is you do have the ability to air it out and expose their, their secondary if they're playing man on the outside or – uh, Sam Hartman is very good at exploiting zone coverage as well. I think that's probably one of his best strengths right now. Um, so I think it you just you got to take what Duke gives you. I think Notre Dame kind of needs that statement win right now in order to get back into that top 10 where they know that they should be. I got them winning by a touchdown, if not more. For me, Duke, you got to be better than Ohio State was last week on offense. How do you do that? You know, <laughs> like Ohio State's pretty damn good on offense. 
defense got some question marks usually, but on offense, they're pretty good. If you're Duke, how do you be better than Ohio State on offense? It's a million-dollar question. Those Notre Dame corners are really stinking good. I mean, they pretty much shut down Marvin Harrison Jr. and Egbuka last week. The running backs really good, touched on them. I want to see them let Hartman cook. Let him do his thing. All right, you brought him over. Let him do his thing. But complement it with the run game. Offensive line is really, really good. I haven't lost confidence in this Notre Dame team. I liked Ohio State last week. I end up pushing, but I liked them. But I haven't lost confidence in this Fighting Irish team. It's a tough ask for for Duke. I think they are a really good team. Riley Leonard's going to have to use his legs. I don't expect them to turn the ball over, but if they do, then they're definitely doomed. Like they they don't beat themselves too much when they beat Clemson. It was Clemson that kind of lost that game, in my opinion, turning the ball over in the red area. I'm with you, man. I think Notre Dame is is not getting quite enough love after a close loss last week. I'm going to go fight an Irish here as well, but I do expect this to be a good game. I think this is a four-quarter game where they're pulling away at the very last second. All right, that'll do it for us, man. Six more picks against the spread. Above 500 on the year. How you feeling? I think we're doing good, man. I mean, anything above 500 against the spread is incredibly hard to do. It's solid. There's a little bit of room for improvement, but if we're getting three, four wins each week, I'll take it. I'm still the alpha brother. Still got the better record against the spread by a game. Hopefully this week with our head-to-head locks, I get to keep that going. One of us is going to lock it up. That's for sure. (laughs) That is all. That is the six games for this week. Just a quick reminder. You can find us on Instagram at Saturday six pod and anywhere that you find your podcast, Apple music, Spotify, and everywhere else. Give us a follow, listen, tell a friend. And uh, thank you. That's all for me. Any last thoughts, AJ? Until next time, baby. Peace.